Hello and welcome to Ashley Asti Live. I am your host, Ashley Asti. So today we're going to talk about eating as prayer. And I know prayer can be a trigger word, but in this instance, prayer is simply an offering. So it could mean an offering of devotion to God or as praise or gratitude to God or an offering to yourself, to your sacred self. And to be honest, prayer was never something that I connected with. Um, I didn't grow up in a religious family. And for a long time, I actually considered myself not against God, but not in belief of any sort of God or universe or animating spirit, because I had seen the way that God in some cases had been turned into this white male figure and who seemed fearful, we had to be afraid of him, and that there were so many rules attached to being part of his family. And so that was something that I rejected and didn't see myself in. But what I want to talk about with when I say prayer and God or the universe today is the spirit or soul within us. Because that universal soul exists within each individual one of us. And so when we talk about prayer or when we talk about God, it's really, for me, a celebration, a celebration of who we are and where we come from. So I started reading the Bhagavad Gita and the subtitle of that is Talks Between the Soul and God. And I'm reading it for a yoga training that I'm in. And this book, like what I talked about with my relationship to God before, was also something for a long time that I rejected and wanted nothing to do with and felt that it wasn't going to speak to me or be relevant to my journey. But as I've been reading this, I've felt it calling to me deeply, like a deep resonance. And so I was talking to a friend the other day, telling him what I was reading and that I was enjoying it. And he said, so like, what's your biggest takeaway so far? What's the thing that's moving you most? And I said, I'm surprised, but it's this element of devotion that's really speaking to me. Devotion, not just meaning devoted to anything you do, but devotion in the sense of giving it up to God. And again, in the past, this is language that would turn me off and turn me away. But I find my true nature in alignment with this energy of devotion, of serving and surrendering and recognizing that we are not the only intelligence that's running through our actions. And when I talk about devotion, I don't mean worship. I don't mean blind allegiance. What I mean is a sense of praise, of gratitude, of that celebratory, vibrant energy running through your life and your being every day, having that celebration and acknowledgement of the preciousness of your soul. And so one of the other things that I've been talking about with um, a lot of my nutrition clients is the connection between this devotion and the way we eat. 
And so I offer a program called an Eat Well Mentorship Program. And I designed this to be different than most nutrition programs. It is not meant to offer strict rules or a set meal plan or to count calories, but to move you into a place of alignment. And so when you choose to eat, you choose foods that are nourishing, that you have the through this program, the knowledge and the tools to be empowered and make healthy choices, body and soul for yourself. And so we talk in this program about everything from kale to blueberries to chia seeds, but we also talk about awareness and we talk about what is unfolding in your life and the ways that those things are linked together. And this is important to recognize because we are whole beings, body and soul connected, our body as a house or dwelling for our soul. There's this principle in yoga called saucha. It's part of the sort of regulations for how to live a yogic life because the truth is all of or most of the ancient texts around yoga didn't have anything to do with the physical movements that we do today. It was about living your yoga. And the physical postures were a way to find more openness and comfort in our body so that we can sit still for hours in meditation. So yoga was designed not as a workout per se, but to get us comfortable and open enough to sit still and meditate. And so one of these principles that has been like the in the founding texts of yoga is saucha and it means purity or cleanliness. And what's interesting about this is depending on the translation of the text, saucha can be described in a, a wide range of ways. And so in one of the texts that I was reading of um, Patanjali's sutras, it was essentially described as disgust for the body, like bodily fluids are gross, you should not identify with your body, um, not desire to have contact with any, anyone else's body, that essentially like the flesh part of your body is disgusting. And that saddens me because I don't think that that is the truth. I believe, and this comes through in other translations, that the deepest truth around Saucha and around our bodies is that they are an extension of God. So no, what my body looks like does not define me. It does not make me better or worse than anyone else meaning we are not our bodies in that sense. We are the pure soul, the seer. Yet caring for our bodies is incredibly important for our physical health and for our spiritual well-being. And these two are linked because our bodies are an extension of God, which means that caring for them is a way to express gratitude to our creator. It is a 
form of praise, or as I talked about in the beginning, it's a form of prayer, of devotion. And so I believe that we should make eating an expression of love. And if you don't feel called to the word God or universe or spirit, or whatever you might put in place of that, make eating an expression of love for yourself, uh, for the sacred within you. When we fill our bodies with foods that are unhealthy, and that means that don't honor our wellness, that, you know, when we try to digest them, it's so hard because they're not natural. So it's so hard for our bodies to break them down that they end up putrefying in our guts, essentially, which is not great, right? When we choose foods like that, we don't feel good, right? You know that. <laughs> when you had something that you're like, mm, <laughs> maybe this wasn't the healthiest choice, or maybe my body wasn't really craving that. It was just something I wanted. Sort of like junk food. You don't feel good. It's not comfortable to be at ease in your body, to sit peacefully in it, right? We can't have that sense of stillness because you just don't feel good. You don't want to sit still. You don't want to be in the feeling of that cloudiness. Because when we eat, and I'm going to just call it junk food, there's a lack of clarity, right? You feel that. It's like your mind can't think as clearly. You don't have that clear vision. And most importantly, your body doesn't feel like in those moments it can sit in its true nature at ease. I think our mission in life, or part of it, is to be in our true nature, to live from our center, from a place of authenticity, because that's how we live our purpose, right? That's how we serve humanity. That's how we bring the gifts that we were meant to bring to this planet. Because I've said it before, but it deserves repeating, we were all brought to this earth with a purpose, a purpose unique to who we are. And what we want to do throughout life is to give it away, to express our gifts, to give voice to our message, to ourselves, to give voice to our true nature. When we want to change our habits around what we take in, specifically the food that we take in, it all begins with awareness beginning to notice how we deserve to feel, how we deserve to treat our bodies, and why we care for them. And the why, again, is because it is an, a celebration. It is an offering. It is ingratitude. Someone once told me that we, in order to express gratitude to our creator, we should take pleasure in its creations. And so that's what this is. It is a celebration of our existence and what we can offer to the world, to each other, and to ourselves when we treat ourselves well. So you might be wondering what this looks like in practice to eat as prayer. 
for me, it's about listening to my intuition, tuning into my body and hearing what it wants. But that can be overwhelming at first, right? If you've never really done that before, experienced it, what does it mean to like listen to your body, to tune in? So the way I like to begin is by asking you to try to fill your plate and fill your body with with as much food from the earth as possible, with plant foods, with vibrant colors. So you want each color when you look at, you go into produce department and you see, you know, green kale and yellow squash and deep red beets and whatever else it might be, there's purples in there. And each color offers a different spectrum of nutrients that's going to feed and fuel our bodies. And so I recommend that you try to eat those foods from the earth that have those vibrant colors, a rainbow diet. Because we come from the earth, our bodies are made up of mostly water. We return to it, our food is grown from the planet. So we deserve to eat foods that look like Mother Nature, which is another creation or extension of God, if you'd like to see it that way. And just think how you feel, even if you're just not even eating food, if you're just holding a cucumber in your hand and then you slice it open and you, especially on like a warm summer day, and you eat that cucumber, you feel hydrated, right? You feel revitalized. And when you have organic walnuts or almonds, you feel energized. You feel that sense of clarity, of pureness of being cleansed. And when you're cleansed, you're this open vessel to receive guidance. We have an epidemic these days, an epidemic of disease and lack of vitality, wellness, energy. People are chronically tired and chronically ill. And I was just talking to actually some family members about this recently and how everyone around the table we were having lunch was basically saying like, oh, this gives me indigestion. Oh, I have such bad heartburn from this. And, you know, so they have whatever, I don't even know what it is, Tums all the time. And I realized that it's so common to have digestive upset that we think it's natural, that we think that's part of our birthright, that that's just how it is. But we deserve to feel good when we eat. Food is fuel. It is not something that is meant to bring us down, to put us into pain. So we're having an epidemic of people struggling to digest what they eat for several reasons. One of them is because too often we're not feeding ourselves real food. So when I talked about walking into especially natural food market and seeing, or the farmer's market even better, and seeing all the vibrant colors and the life that's in that food. The food just energetically gives off life force. That's what you want to be eating. But then if you go to the center aisles of the store and there are things that are boxed and filled with sugar and artificial whatever, and you can't pronounce half the ingredients, and it has a list of like 20 ingredients, that's not food. 
<laughs> what is that, right? I mean, come on. You are what you eat, what you put in your body, you become. It shapes you every single day, every single moment. You deserve to put something into your body that makes you feel good. We go back to the cucumber, it's one ingredient, it's cucumber. <laughs> it's pretty simple. That's what your body deserves. So one of the reasons we're having this epidemic of all these foods causing acid reflux and is because we're not honoring our bodies as an extension of God. We're not making eating an expression of love. And that's what we're here for at the end of the day, to be love, to embody love. And the more we embody love, the more we just spontaneously and effortlessly transmit that to others, the more we can express it without needing to think about it, just who we are. Another reason we're finding it hard to digest our food is because once again, that, call it prana, life force, God, soul, universe, spirit, is what animates our bodies. It's what animates that digestive fire, right? We need to stoke our digestive fire in order to, to heat and digest our food, to break it down so it becomes usable nutrients for our bodies that can reach every single cell. So there is a spiritual or soul component to our well-being. We're also seeing an epidemic of depression and anxiety and stress, these low-vibe emotions. And that's going to suppress our spirit. It's going to cover it up a little bit. And therefore, it's going to suppress that digestive fire. And so again, when I talk to my beautiful clients about what they're feeding themselves and how their bodies are feeling, it becomes a discussion and an act of bringing awareness to their souls, to how they're living each day. Are they in alignment with themselves? Are they doing what makes their soul sing? Are they in relationships that do not serve them? Are they doing work that is not their purpose or work that they're not bringing this sense of gratitude and praise to? Any work can become a devotion. And another thing to ask about food is, are we cooking it with love? Because that's an energy again, an energy that is transmitted through our food. And so if we want to animate that digestive fire, if we want to treat ourselves with love, we need to cook with love. So whatever that might look like to you, maybe it's simply saying a prayer before you eat to thank you to the earth from which the food came, or cooking with other people that you love, or knowing that it's going to be a gift to your family or to your friends or whoever is eating it. Or maybe it's when you're cooking that you put on your favorite music or you're present, in presence, in silence, and that you take the time to breathe 
and that you're not stressed <laughs> and running all over the kitchen and rushing. And I know all of these things are hard. We have full lives. But treating ourselves with the love that we deserve does require some sacrifice. Sacrifice of the things that aren't serving us, that stress, that rush, that bringing that added negative toxicity to the food as we're cooking or as we're eating, taking breaths between bites as we eat, allowing our bodies to fully take the food in and integrate it and digest it and to process. The other thing to keep in mind when we want to make eating an expression of love, make eating a prayer, is what are we eating in terms of what violence, or what I should what effect is that having? So I happen to be a vegan, which means I don't eat animal products. That doesn't need to be everyone's choice. It's a very personal an individual choice and only you can make that and no one should tell you how you should eat or what you should do or what is right for you and that includes me but if and when we can we want to at least bring awareness to the effect our food has on the planet on the planet's resources and on our companion creatures the animals so another principle of yoga in how to live your yoga is the principle of ahimsa, non-violence. And that means non-violence in all areas of our lives, including the way we feed ourselves. And it's not just about non-violence towards animals. It's also non-violence towards yourself. Or I would like to flip that into a positive offering peace to you. You deserve that. I was talking to a client recently and he was telling me that as he started journaling and bringing his awareness to why he's feeding himself a certain way, he noticed that he's doing it because most of his life he has felt that he doesn't deserve to feel good, that he doesn't think he's worth it. And he hadn't even noticed it until he started really just bringing attention to it. Because that's how we create change and transformation. We don't necessarily have a protocol or a plan, although we could have that. It's by bringing that awareness to it. And we start noticing. And that's when it becomes activated to shift. So you deserve to feel good and to offer that to yourself. So make this a prayer to yourself if you'd like. And I do recommend that. I recommend journaling in some way. And it doesn't have to be, you know, if you're not a writer, it doesn't have to be this like epic event that you undertake. But just take note of even in bullet points of maybe how you feel before you eat and how you feel after. Or what has transpired after a few days of eating either junk food or food that's of the earth and more in alignment with who you truly are. You don't have to change anything even right away. Just bring that awareness and over time, with that attention there, you'll just naturally start shifting. Because you'll start noticing, oh, last time I ate that ring ding, <laughs> I didn't feel good. 
you know what, I don't want to feel like that again. You'll start understanding the holistic side of eating, the whole being, body and soul aspect of it. And this experience of feeding yourself with love is about filling yourself up. So it's not about rejection. We don't want to go in the opposite direction and tell ourselves, no, 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 no. Have this extreme sense of restriction. That doesn't honor you either. You want to have a sense of steadiness towards everything. And so begin by just adding in to your diet and to your life foods that feel good. Add in a green smoothie. Try broccoli one day. Throw it in the oven for 10 minutes with a little olive oil and sea salt and, and try that. Simple things. You don't have to get creative or fancy or have, you know, seven different meals for the seven days of the week. What are the staples that you can, you know, meal prep on a Sunday night and have for the rest of the week? The things like broccoli or quinoa or, you know, get some frozen fruit to throw into a green smoothie with a bunch of spinach or whatever it is for you. Find what works for you that will allow you to honor yourself in a way that doesn't require this upheaval, that just simply adds in some nice things without rejecting anything. And then naturally, you'll begin to transform without needing to force anything. You are your soul. You are the seer. We get caught up in what's going on in our minds and identifying with what's happening in our minds or what our lives look like, but that's not who we are in truth. But that doesn't mean we reject the body. Our bodies are a gift, right? What a blessing. They allow us to experience the world, to touch, to taste, to connect with each other, petting a cat or a dog or just, it is through our bodies that our nervous system responds to life, right? And so celebrate that. And feed yourself like you are love because you are. Feed yourself as an extension of God, as your body carrying your soul. Feed yourself with gratitude. If you'd like to explore my Eat Well mentorship program, you can visit my website, ashleyasty.com, and sign up for a free consultation where we can talk about what you're seeking and what would honor you and whether we would be a good fit for working together. Or just explore, find good books, check out people on Instagram, do what resonates with you, find a good healer. You can uh, check me out on social media, on Instagram at Ashley Asti or on Facebook, Ashley Asti Skincare. Send me an email, reach out, say hello. I love hearing from you. It's an honor to connect in this way and to know that 
this creation of this podcast, and I say it each time, but it's a co-creation because it requires both me and you, and I grow from each of you and your presence with me here. So thank you, and I look forward to seeing you or speaking with you next week.